Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. Uh, I'm the better half of the presenting duo. I'm Stuart Roy Whiffin, uh, sitting opposite. I, I haven't finished yet. That's rude. Let me, let me give you when your you moment. Say that. Let me give you your moment. <laughs> Sitting opposite me, uh, in a woolly out on the hottest day of the year, is uh, is CGT Chrissy it's the, Goldtouch. It's the, right? uh, it's the, uh, the snowman, as is my new nickname. <laughs> uh, it's Chris Glasson, Christopher William Glasson. I'll have you know, uh, JP. I was going to give you my national insurance number, but can't be too careful these days, folks. Stay safe. No, you can't. Stay safe. I got hacked, didn't I? I got hacked on that bloody house party. You did, didn't you? And all your um, payments that you were saying to your bank were like Spearmint, Rhino and Porn Big Floppy Donkey Dicks. Like. That's, that's <laughs> free at the moment, mate. Or so I hear. I mean, I, I've looked. <laughs> it's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Well, we've got a guest. We have so this got is a guest. A, um, so this is uh, this is exciting because um, we've been chatting uh, on and off for a long time, and uh, so it's quite nice to be able to uh, to introduce, I guess, Sam today of the Tudor Chat Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, brothers. How are you? Very right, good, mate. Yeah, it's it's good. It's great to have you on as well, Sam. Because um, we were talking. Well, we we met uh, quite a few years back, didn't we? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I think it was in uh, in London at a Polaris event, that wasn't was it? it? Yeah, it was. I mean, watching men wrestling one another to the ground, dominate each other. It's one of my favourite uh, pastimes <laughs> <laughs> to be wrestled to the ground and dominated by a shirt wearing. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it was it was a great it was a great old uh, thing. It was uh, me and Pip, and you were with a couple of your pals, weren't you? And That's right. Yeah, yeah, a couple of lads that um, they were they. They lived down in London, and a couple of their boys were training and actually on the card as oh, well. Wow. So it was it was interesting because it was quite tense with those lads watching. Yeah, you know, and uh, as you know, it was Mr. Benson, wasn't yeah. it, who came on and stole yeah, the show? Yeah, Benson, and he's he's just incredible, Stu. Watching watching that live, and he's just this. I mean, he like, like for, for listeners, we're talking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, and uh, pe- hence, it's Benson Henderson. I've got that right, haven't I? It's been so yeah. long. Yes, Benson Henderson. His yeah, legs yeah. are like. Like you were saying Ridiculous. the other day, Sam, they're like they're like tree trunks, mate. And watching that powerhouse run around on a BJJ mat was. Um, and do you know what's really cool as well, Chris Stu, is that he was on holiday at the time in Europe. He was just on holiday. <laughs> I think he was in France, and his wife was pregnant, and he got like the call. Someone said, "Oh, there's a, the event on at Polaris at the O2 in London," you know, 
and he ended up no, turning no. up and doing it, and he was kind of not in training or anything, and he was brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, was well, I mean, to, 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 to kind of give you a, a, everyone a bit of kind of context as to who Benson Henson was, he was um, at one point arguably one of the greatest um, uh, UFC fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you know, definitely in East Division, he was, he was unstoppable for quite a, quite a, a mm-hmm. stretch of time. That's right. um, and then... It come to light once after the fight, the most surreal thing about him was, I mean, for those that, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen some sort of clip of a, of, a, of a mixed martial arts fight. They're pretty raucous events. You're being slammed about. And then at the end of one of his fights, he took his gum shield out and then the camera noticed that he had a cocktail stick in his mouth. Or a matchstick. Was it a cocktail stick or a matchstick? I think it was a cocktail what, stick. Yeah, yeah like something toothpick. like that, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. and it was a toothpick, and uh, and he used to fight and like roll a toothpick around in his mouth whilst f- literally in the middle of a, a mixed martial arts fight. It's insane! I can't remember why. Why did he do that? I remember listening to something and he talked about it, and I can't remember what it was. Why he actually did it? Just I don't know. The, I don't know. It's like just the thing that he'd got into, wasn't it? And, and but that is absolutely crazy that he used to do that. I mean, like that's you say he's got quite a good uh, smart fight IQ, but. Probably I mean, there's enough, with a choking, there's enough choking <laughs> instrument in your mouth. It's like the worst idea. I ever. mean, the thing is, yeah. there's enough danger in front of him as it is, right? Yeah. Why add to that with just thinking, I'm just going to put a sharp well, bit of wood in my mouth? I like to, just before a fight, uh, just swallow a pack of drawing pins. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, um, he's a beast. Yeah, it was a beast. Go on, Sam, what was you going to say? He was a beast, yeah, wasn't definitely. he? He was a beast. He had he had that obviously that very famous moment, didn't he, with with Pettis? Oh, that, yeah. That you know that kind of whether you like it or not, that'll always be more. It's it's a show real moment, isn't it? For not just Pettis for the UFC for MMA, but unfortunately Benson was on the raw end of on, the stick of that. And and arguably yeah. even that. And we won't get too much into it, but. Like, like that was a five rounder, wasn't it? Was it a five round or three round fight? I can't remember, but it was the last move of the fight, and arguably, even at that point, yeah. um, Benson might have been in the lead in that round, and I think that just mm. sealed the deal. For I mean, it was there's ridiculous, no way a ref could not go. Yeah. Oh come on, he's just run up a, he's just done no retreat, no surrender, or something like that. He just run up a cage <laughs> and fly and kick someone in the face. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't get any more spectacular than that, does it? Uh, it doesn't. No. I do think that's yeah. one of the greatest mixed martial arts. Like, it's the greatest showreel moment. I think. I don't think anything's beaten that. No. Even even though he didn't actually get knocked out by it, there's, it it's the most spectacular thing I think we've ever mm. seen. But uh, and he went, and he did take the belt, didn't he? Yeah. You know, he, that was he, it. Like you say, he came back and he won the fight, and you know. It's a classic yeah, moment. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the end of that fight promotion, I think, wasn't it? They all went over to UFC yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Sam, uh, we need to know what your top five is. Right, my top five is well. Again, coming back to we just spoke before the podcast. Top fives. Thinking about top fives. I'm somebody who don't really. You know, what's your favourite record? What's your favourite Beatles song? What's your, I can never, can't, you know, it's so contextual, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, that song's when I'm in that mood. And so I started to boil it down and started getting quite anxious about it, actually. <laughs> and I thought, do you know what? I fucking leave it, come back to it. And then I just came back the other day and I thought, I keep trying, you've got kids, Stu, trying to find time to watch a movie or watch something is difficult. Mine are young, like six, five and two. So it's kind of tricky to find time. But we've been finding time. And I've been watching some stuff. I watched a couple of documentaries. So my top five is is kind of... I've called it human-defining documentaries because they're kind of all different layers of, like, 
whatever the story is on the surface, there's kind of more to yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my podcast, Tudor Chat Podcast, my whole thing, I'm just fascinated by us. We're walking, talking, fucking miracles of madness, aren't yes. we? Do you know what I mean? Trying to do admin. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, that was my top five. Other top fives I thought about, I thought about doing like uh, kind of top five comedians who kind of veered off from just being funny and started doing kind of more philosophically observant yes. kind of stuff. Yes. But I think this one's probably a bit more handy, seeing as everyone's sat home, they might pick some stuff up and watch something, and I'm sure they've seen a few of them as yeah, well. Yeah, that so. top five would actually tie in quite nicely with some of these, uh, well, for me personally, with uh, some of these documentaries you picked. Um, like I think it is an absolutely extraordinary top five. And and But coming back to your podcast then, mate, what what was that what triggered you to record one? Is that what made you think, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go for this? Like, um, uh, Well, my podcast story is... Um, I've been wanting to do one for a long, long time. Like most people, we just talked about WEC before the UFC, you know, the whole Rogan kind of fucking doing his thing early on on a laptop like this, really, wasn't it? It was like this when I did it early. Um, And I just like the idea of people just chatting without the seven-minute soundbite and the fucking adverts and the singing oven chips and God knows what, you know. Um, But I've always done music, always in bands. So always like to spotlight, I guess. Always like to be heard. Um, yeah, and then over the years, bands and that sort of, you do their thing, as you know. You know, you have a bit of a moment and it gets harder and harder to get everyone in a room and rehearse and fucking the drummers at a bar mitzvah, for fuck's sake, what we're going to do. So, yeah, in the end, kind of, I thought, you know what, I've got some interesting people that I know. And where, where I'm from, up in the East Midlands, it's kind of Nottingham way, there's not a lot going on in terms of podcasting and stuff like that and you know I thought well I, I may as well use my time this way you know I'm not I'm, I've got a music project that's at the minute just a like an electronic duo thing that's got some records out and stuff but um no this kind of sitting down talking squeezing a bit of therapy out of it for myself mm-hmm. as well and you know in the midst of it all and uh yeah that, that it's been so far so good it's only early days only kicked off in like January but um I'm loving it, really, yeah. Loving loving speaking to people and learning yeah. stuff. It's crazy how quick the time goes on a podcast as well. But, um, I mean, oh, we were terrible yeah. to start with. Like, you know, our first episodes were all, like, two, three-hour long, like, dramas, aren't they, basically? <laughs> um, and we've managed to narrow that down now. But it is... Sorry, yeah. can I just say, maybe switch drama for shitstorm? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking drama. Well, I've, li- I've listened to you boys from, from the, the day... The day d- you know, day oh, one, wow. because as as I've said to Stu in the past, when we've we've hooked up before, yeah. you know, um, I found Pip serendipitously th- again through that whole kind of afterglow of the Rogan kind of and all the comedians, Duncan Trussells and all those guys. Um, I came across Pip through that podcast when he was on Rogan's yeah. podcast, so I didn't know him from his spoken word and stuff like that. Um, and then listening to him, and he was doing his thing just as I was leaving to go and travel in Asia. Amazing. So he kind of was like, he, I think Rogan said to him, you need to do a podcast, this is fucking bonkers. You're, everything you do is like talking, but you've got this kind of speech impediment issue that goes away when you're in the flow. Yeah. He says, it's mad, you've got to do a podcast. Yeah. And he did, and it was just as I was leaving to go to Thailand. So it kind of soundtracked me on my year away yeah. in Asia. It was really nice as he grew. And obviously come to the end of that year, I think you lads did your first drunk cast with him. Oh, yes. Which which was fascinating. And not to keep banging on about my yeah, podcast, yeah. but one of the things that I love about podcasts with people you've never heard of who haven't necessarily got, like, um, 
spotlight yeah. or so celebrity status, any of that. I think it's much more tangible and you can connect more because you live in a similar life and it's just fascinating to ordinary people. Yeah. So yeah, listening listening to um to you lads on Pips was early doors was was really funny. And you was talking a lot about MMA. All right, like, yeah. With 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 some, you know, knowledge, which again I was struggling to find around in England yeah. at the t- at the time, you know, so yeah, really really interesting and you've uh, you've polished it up, haven't you? We have polished this turd. We really have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Are they in order of five to one? Are they like? Not really. No, no, no particular order. Just in fact, one of them I watched again the other night, and you know, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. All right. What's your first one, mate? I guess we'll go with Surfwise. Surfwise, which is, um, I think it was about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Fascinating story. Again, one of these ones where it's kind of on the surface. Surfwise is a surf documentary. But there's so much more going on underneath that's like really fascinating to me particularly, yeah. um, and it's a guy uh, Doc Pas- Pasowitz, Pasowitz, a Jew- Jewish guy, mm. uh, Dorian Pasowitz. He's he's um, he was a Harvard professor, like he has literally escaped the Holocaust and the whole war thing as as a baby, yeah. um, ended up in California, so he's obviously got that DNA hardwired yeah. kind of survival thing in him. Goes through the whole Stanford thing and sets up on Hawaii, and he's in like pharmaceuticals, and he, he's kind of really finding himself at odds with it because he's got this holistic kind of nature and yeah. so on. Anyway, he gets he gets to the ends of the odds with it, and he, he ends up going on a bit of a, a like a, a sabbatical of self to find himself, yeah. and goes off to Israel, and goes surfing, and basically just becomes this madly driven kind of freedom seeker yeah. and it doesn't go into it too deeply in the documentary but apparently like gives brings surfing to like the, the mainstream of israel um and then he has like a i think he walks in a he walks in a restaurant or something one night i won't give it all away but he, he sees this beautiful lady and he literally tells you says you are going to be my wife and you will give me nine sons <laughs> Right, <laughs> which is obviously fucking ludicrous. I've, tr- I've tried that line, and <laughs> <laughs> but he marries this lady, right? And they have nine children, eight sons, and they end up going off in a twenty-four foot camper van and just living the life. Of what all eleven of, like of them? Yeah. Yes, it's ludicrous. I mean, this is what I'm saying. The sub layers of it are just fucking bonkers because. It's a surf film. It's been voted. I think Cannes yeah. had it, and you know it comes behind the long summer. I think it's like the, it's, it's regarded as one of the best surf films. But really, to me, when I watched it, and at the time, kind of coming up to being a, a young dad and having kids and kind of looking at society and you know fucking hell, how do we avoid being boxed in too much? And how you know the world you want to create for your kids, you know, a bit more natural learning and not just being you know box tit box box box. Yeah. Um, well, let's, it was fascinating. Well, let's expand on that a little bit because you you did choose to up sticks and take the family and, and move to Thailand. Yeah. Yes. How, yeah. I mean, what, what was the sort of thought process behind that and how, how was that? It was very similar to... Had you seen Surfwise by that point? No. no, do you know... Yeah. No, hang on a minute. Did I see it? Yes, I think I had. I think I had. I think it was one of the contributing factors, as was a couple of these films in here. So very probably very personal to yeah. me, these films, but I've kind of framed it as humanity. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think they really but, um, humanity well. When I, when I was leaving, I, like, I was in bands. I've always been in bands since like 13 years old. And then one of the last bands I was in, um, 
we came pretty close, you know, like 27, 28 years old, we came pretty close. We ended up at EMI in a, you know, a decent meeting that looked like something was going to happen. And then we got kind of put on ice a little bit because it was the credit crunch and all that stuff. And and then we ended up at a, 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 that, that kind of leveled off and we ended up at an independent R&S Records who were kind of a big dance label, you know, Jerry Boatram and all those guys. Um, and we got quite close there and it looked like it was going to happen. Anyway, it all fell down, never happened by which time I'm coming up to 30 and it was like, I'm in construction, building sites are turning into these kind of like NASA complexes where, you know, builders are just lads. Do you know what I mean? They're not scientists. They need to be happy. If you want good work, then you want them to be able to get on and do it and have the radio on and have some patter and get on, you know. And all that was changing. And I was just thinking, you know what? I'm 30 years old. If this is the rest of my life, you know, banging nails in, you know, for just under order, under yeah. this kind of... I just don't want it. And I had family in Thailand. Yeah. My my brother, oh, wow. one of my brothers over there, my old man was over there, and they were all doing, like, stuff, uh, like web design, graphic design. They had a marketing company, and I did art college at school, and I was into that stuff anyway. Were they doing I just it thought, for, you know what? Uh, like, com- other companies out in, in the East, or were they actually still uh, maintaining well, they were kind in of, the UK? It was kind of... They nailed that little growing click of expats. Yeah. So where they were in um, Patea, which is sort of the Brighton to London of Bangkok, right. Patea, you know what I mean? The beach town that's an hour and a half up the road where everybody right. goes. Hell of a lot of expat community yeah. there. Yeah. And a lot of like, I guess like the Spain in the 80s, like Costa del Crime kind of situation, <laughs> but it was the Russians. Yeah. A lot of Russians yeah. there building things quick, building things, yeah. you know, a lot of brown envelopes and all yeah, that. Yeah. But a lot of money getting spent at the time. So my, my dad's company at the time, uh, Silver Mover, was kind of an all-round branding, marketing, advertising company. And he'd, work, he'd actually gone over to Thailand in the first place many years before, 94, to work for the Daily Mail when the internet was kind of kicking off. Yeah. So he had kind of a lot of inroads there and he built a cool little business. And uh, my brother had gone over probably four or five years before me, was doing well, enjoying a life, you know, and I was just, I don't know, I was just looking around at the UK and thinking, I just feel really boxed in, yeah. I just feel really limited, you know. And I was, if, if I'm honest, I got down the whole conspiracy whole yeah. side of things and just went into that stage of like thinking, ah, fuck this place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I come round back to that because I learned a lot of lessons. But yeah, my son was, my first son had just been born. I kind of called time on that band, looked at being, all of a sudden I felt like I am, I am a contractor now. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's give it a go. I said to my wife, who's from Newcastle, she'd never even been to Thailand before. You fancy moving to Thailand with our eight-month-old son, and we were pregnant at the time as well with our second. She was like, "Yeah, we man, let's do it, mate. I'm up for that." <laughs> Simple as that. I mean, Simple a lot of that. us, a lot of us have these ambitions and these ideas and these dreams that, you know, are, you know, there's loads of things about this country that I don't like, and there's loads of things about other countries that you know excite me and and mm. creating a new life, and but, you know, also I know what it's like to have a very young child and that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's hard work. To actually then see it through and make the jump to go and move to Thailand with a with a young child and a pregnant like wife. That's ambitious, man, mm. and that's and that's to be applauded as well mm. because you know we all think about it and to get off your ass and actually do it. Yeah, it takes some stones. Definitely. Yeah, massively. Well, here you go then. This is a really nice kind of little link because that's kind of what all these documentaries or this. Um, podcast that I'm doing and what I seek from things around me is kind of that it's like that underneath the layers of operation there's this there's these deeper things happening without becoming too deep about it that that are kind of that require comfort or being uncomfortable or finding comfort you know what I mean Mm. and when we went I mean to to make it fair I mean at the end of the day I had a lot of family there you know I wasn't going out there on a you know like like for instance you know uh, Doc Paskowitz who you know just fucking right you know it was it, there was a there was a bit of an infrastructure there but yeah scary business but I just knew I I kind of came to terms with the idea that whatever we've got here I'm a I'm a I'm a tradesman I've got a trade you know I've got a house rent that out I sold everything I kept my guitar and my laptop and that was pretty much it you know um, and we just went we went and that was that and as you say the exotic nature of somewhere else that's better than here and this place is mm. fucking all the terrible things or whatever, you, the learning that I did in that year was fucking tremendous. Tremendous. It was the most important learning yeah. for me that I've ever had. You know, it really, really was. It was, did, it was. Did your wife draw a lot from it as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we got there, so we, we, we got out of our, our home, rented it out. We went, we went over there. We, were, we stayed with my, my old man and he's got a lovely place and we stayed there. You know, and you have that little holiday yeah. moment of like, my dad's got a sprawling villa with swimming pool and you're like, wow, fuck, you know, we can have this and we'll work towards mm-hmm. this and I'm going to work with my dad. And, I'm, and that was great. And we had those two weeks there and then we went and got our own place, which was lovely, um, in like a kind of a expat kind of secluded little village thing. And so my neighbours were like Russian and English and really, really eye-opening. Um, and then you get down into the, the grime of it. And I was at, like straight in the saddle, 10 hours a day, you know. So leaving my wife and our little baby, yeah. and she's pregnant, yeah. and back home and in on a Saturday, and I was in on a Sunday, and I was like, whoa, this is fucking a bit more than I thought. You know, I've got to try and acclimatise my yeah. wife. She's just in Thailand on her own, <laughs> pregnant with a baby. So she was, I mean, she's a, like I say, she's a Newcastle girl. So she's tough as old boots and she's up for anything and she's, you know, everything with a smile. So that was a, that was a learning curve. But um, yeah, when baby number two was being born, when, when my son, my middle son was being born, then you start realising shit, we've got, 
we started to go and see the midwives and stuff and we've got to pay for the hospitals. We've got to pay. It's like, oh, shit, how much is a birth going to be? It's going to be 60,000 bar in this hospital in the Bangkok patio, which is kind of what expats would consider kind of closest to what we use, you know, in terms of levels. Yeah. I was thinking 60,000 bar. God, I, earn, I don't even earn that a month. How, how much is that? In, in, like, it... It's about... 1500 quid I think I don't know what it is now but at the time it was getting on for about 1500 quid I was only earning 50,000 baht yeah. a month now <clears throat> don't get me wrong 50,000 baht like about 1100 quid a month or whatever it was is you can live like a king right. over there you know in the right circumstances but what I learned quickly is having two babies things like nappies and my, my babies were big babies like that first boy was he was £8.13 second one who was born there was £9.10 right a nine a nine pound ten white baby being born in a Thailand hospital is an anomaly, because the Asian babies are so little because they're little. So that was a whole other story where he got taken off and got put on. You know, they thought he had blood sugar issues and they took him off and put him in incubator. That was crazy. Right. But then, but then little things you don't think about, like infrastructure, pavements. Yeah. My wife's out pushing a buggy. Yeah. And, you know, like when you go on holiday to like places and they've just got like random yes. roadworks on yeah, the pavements, yeah. just holes and shit. And you're just like, so she, and the, and the buggies themselves are like Tonka toys because they're just cheap little things sure. for little tiny babies. We've got these big lump, <laughs> you know, so little things like that were all of a sudden kind of really prevalent. Yeah. And yeah, it's a cliche to say grass is always greener, but there's so many granular issues that you don't know about uh, 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 whether or not it's moving or a new venture like you know mm. you look at it from high above and everything looks like i can see how this is all going to go and then the the, mm. the closer you get to the detail of that the more you're like oh fuck there's this there's that there's this cost yeah it does it does become uh, you're absolutely right chris i mean what I, what i learned was is like climate dictates so much right, right? Climate dictates so much, and I mean that in an evolutionary sense as well. Because if you live in Thailand and you haven't got a lot of money, it doesn't matter because you can sleep here, wake up, and pick that and eat yeah. that and move, move on. Yeah. Here, you need to fucking build something that's going to keep the wind out. You've got to plant your crops now, otherwise, you'll have nothing then. You know, like, and how that dictates like mentality and like mm. cognitive, like, you know, that over there, like, everything's just so steady. Like, they've got like, I think, a quarter less pores in their skin. Because they're just their autonomy is just built to, to be to suit the climate. Everyone mopes about dead slow. So this this comes back know? to your point, right? Well, I think you were leading this uh, about being uncomfortable sometimes, and and sometimes you've got to make mm. uncomfortable decisions. But like if you if you're but I think that would go for evolution or, and and also like your overall mindset as a as a as a society. If you don't have those challenges, also you've got less to worry about. You're going to live at a slower pace. You have to be less methodical. Mm. And then if you're coming and moving from where you haven't had that, you've had more adversity in just climbing, you're going to go to there thinking, guys, get your shit together. Why are you, why are you not doing this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's mad. Yeah. It's mad. It's such a dichotomy. Because yeah. their way of life due to that, like you say, because they, they're not panicked about everything. I think we're seeing that now, aren't we? Yeah. We're not yeah, seeing yeah. this right now yeah. in this lockdown. Like, what's important? Yeah, definitely. Like, simple, like, actually having enough time to just fucking think about it. Like, just to look at it and go, actually, I didn't realise I spent all that time. Yeah, so that was a big, that was a big thing, you know, coming away from there, living outside, that climate, the, the, the communal side of life because of the weather, because you're always outside. And again, we're getting that right now at the minute. We've we've been blessed with, like, our summer early at the minute, haven't we? You know, people are in the gardens, hello over the fence and all that, and 
so yeah that was cool and then when I eventually came back to the UK it was like I realised, you know, looking out the window in the car after a year, because I did a year there, because it was getting up to the end of that year, and their king was dying, who's obviously died in, you know, since, um, but he was on his way to dying, and that was going to be a big thing for the expat community, because they didn't really want what was happening to keep happening there. Okay. So when we when when it got to the end of that first year, and I was looking at the work permit, and I had customs offices, because all the Russians started disappearing, because the credit crunch was hitting yeah. them. So all these Russians who were building stuff started disappearing. So all the money started disappearing. So then you're starting to get customs, Thai custom officers bursting in all the little independent businesses looking for those brown envelopes from someone else. Right. You know, right. I had customs guys come bursting in our office and put guns on the table and ask me for my papers. And I was in an office with like seven Thai staff, only one of which spoke a little bit of reasonable English. And they're putting, you know, and it's like, whoa. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, now if he took me away, you know, and I was like, look, I'm just working. I want to ring my wife and my kids. I've got two kids. And, you know, I was like, no. I just decide when, you know, I was thinking, this is probably a bit crazy. We were on the breadline with money. It was getting to the end of that first year. Got to do all the whole work permit and, the whole, you know, big old operation to, to get the next year. And, and I just thought, I think we better go yeah. back, you know. I think we better go back. And I did make two plans. I was, off, I was so close to becoming a butcher in a big supermarket, in an international supermarket, <laughs> which would have been a great job. Yeah. Because it would have been a package, yeah, yeah. you see. So all the things that I was kind of without, you know, health, uh, it had insurance yeah. and, you know, everything strategically put in place sort of corporately. But I didn't get that. Um, so then it was like, right, come back home and make a plan. So, But when I was looking out the car on the way back in England, it was like so luscious and green <laughs> and the roads were so smooth and organised and signposts. Yeah. And oh, it was a really strange... Yeah, I never forget it. I was really observant of, of, of it. Step yeah. away from it as well, and you sort of like get a new perspective mm. of it, don't you? But um, yeah, and this is one of the best places yeah. on planet Earth. I tell you that now. It really is. It's one of the best places on planet Earth, holistically. Yeah. You know, like seasons, our our um, our architecture, our history, our culture, our people. We are. We're one of the best spots on the on the planet. I, That's I think. refreshing to hear, mate. That's refreshing to hear. Um, we are. So coming back to Surfwise, I saw this a long time yes. ago, and I think that you know it is a bit like that. I, I found it interesting because when you said, "Did you, I asked, had you seen it before?" Because it is like um, that, and some of your other documentaries, they are red pill, blue pill moments. I think mm. when you start mm. watching them, and mm. I, it's very addictive because he, he did. It, it feels like that doc sort of like just he thought he'd seen or he had seen what he thought was the real reality and why there was so much stuff of uh, Western living that was um, not really um, what we should be doing. Hence why, like, it, a lot of it was, you know, the education was you can surf whenever you want, but also then it's like your food, your diet, all these things are like were quite regimented as well because he felt that it was a bit of a bit of a farce, really, doing it, doing it how... Westerners do it, and eating mm. loads of sugar and stuff like that. Um, mm. Mm. I don't know. It's quite liberating. It's quite addictive when you see stuff like that because I do think there's a lot of sense in, in in what him and his his kids did. They moved away from a lot of the the hustle and bustle of what um, Western life is. But I think that the problem with that is if everyone lives like that as well, is then you end up in a situation where you don't have the structure that. America mm. or the United Kingdom has you end up in the broken down roads and um, and 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 different 
different sort of networks that you discovered in Thailand. So it's funny that like a few people can exist well, that, like that, I guess. And yeah, that's I what know. I thought. You know, that's what I took from it. The kind of, you know, I wasn't blindly, kind of like you know, conspiratorially saying yeah. this is it. It's all a rat yeah. race. You know, what I actually did come out the end of of Surfwise was like, ah, oh, yeah, utopia. You can't build a utopia for your children because the world is not that you build a world within a world yes but like there is no kind of it's not polarized it's not one or the other you have to kind of weave into what is there and and that when i came out the other end of it like i say is it a surf documentary to me it wasn't it was more about like drive and family and dynamics and how that affects people after the fact do you know what i mean and and yeah, I think it's not a happy ending. You know, the kid, the kids, the kids, the kids. I mean, it is a happy ending in the film, but I, you know, the idea of oh, we're going to come out of society and it's going to be better. It's, that's not that's not how it works. You have to you have to weave between your ideals and what is fucking actually yeah. happening, don't nice. you? Very, very yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was very affecting. Number four. Number four. Well, we'll get this one out of the way because I watched this again the other night, and this does land squarely on the blue pill red pill scenario <laughs> which is uh, zeitgeist yeah man the reason the reason this came in in the list for me is i watched it at the time and it's kind of it, it affected me i guess it was one of the first things that i watched that made me think whoa hang on a minute there's other ways of looking into things yeah. do you know what i mean i watched it again the other night and you know, Peter Joseph, the guy who's made it, he's done everything. The music, you know, it's a home movie, yeah. basically. Yeah. And he, can, he did another two films That's that went it, on to yeah. be better produced and all the rest of it. And it does feel, when you watch it again now, both with your own maturity and the way that we've all kind of yeah. shared information and we've got the ability now to look at yeah. the, the internet and the, those... Because at that time, the internet was just starting yeah. to really carve out, like, whoa, go down this yeah. hole. The world's like this, you know, whereas now we've got a bit more of a wider yeah. focus on that, I think. But yeah, at the time, it really sat me on my arse and thought, whoa, hang on a minute. This is, there's more to it. There's more to this thing than, than what I've been reading in you know, newspapers. Oh, 100%. Instance, at the time. That, like, so for people that don't know, Zeitgeist, uh, the movie, touches on a variety of different things, whether it be religion, uh, our economy, um, money, and... Um, God, it's been so long since I fucking watched it now. But it, for, for, it... it it did the thing that you're saying there. For me, like I hadn't really started dialing much into that. Like things like money and the economy. I, I did study economics and I've always talk about ranting about, you know, what I did at uni and that. But for years I hadn't really kept my toe in with it and stuff like that. And I watched Zeitgeist and it really did that and other things did get me thinking about it. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen it for a while. I'd like to know sort of like how I'd look at that now. And, and whether or not, because I definitely think that I'm definitely open minded. And I, uh, but also I do feel that through maturing as the Internet has grown and social media, I've got a lot better at going. Hang about. Where, where's that source? Where's the source of that? Yes, totally. man. That's what I yeah, had the other really? night. I was watching it again. I was like, oh, right, right. hang on a minute. This feels really kind of like, you know, yeah, we'll knit that to that and we'll yeah, knit that yeah. to that. But I think one of the things that. I, I, I took from that because it stopped me in my tracks as well when yeah. I first saw that. Um, mm. And I was I was travelling around a lot with someone at, at this point and and he'd watched it and and it got into his head bad. <laughs> and like, 
It does that, doesn't it? It can and, chip and him and into I, the darkness. I got, I got a phone call from his his wife uh, saying, he's blah, 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 um, talking about uh, Masons and mm. bloodlines of the royals. And, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he went, and she literally went, please don't engage in any more conversations with him like because he's he's gone bonkers with yeah. it and yeah. uh and and i was like oh okay uh no worries and then i thought oh, i'm gonna watch it then because yeah. like for, for and and it was the same and, and, and the same with um big papa jay like you know i mean he like antonia watched it and it drove her nuts to the fact when just has never said a serious word to me in his life after I watched Zeitgeist, I walked in their office and I said, anyone watch Zeitgeist? And he literally done the kind of fingers <laughs> across the throat, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, he went, it spoiled Christmas. It spoiled Christmas because she, <laughs> she, she just thought, no, the world isn't what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I think anybody that watches stuff like that, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's sad to have them kind of really panicked responses. Yeah. But I think if you can walk away from anything like that with just the mindset of maybe just question things, then that's all you can mm. do, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's the... Definitely, mate. Because you've only got so many hours in a day. It's, it's weird, but you do have only so many hours in a day. And it's a bit... It links back to what you're saying, Sam, there. You have to build your world within a world and try and weave in and out of that tapestry. Because there's only so much that you can potentially affect and i have really gone down the fucking rabbit holes with this shit like i have re- like they're, they're, it gets so crazy all that shit the further you go and there's a lot of it where i'm like i'm i'm even though i think it's crazy i'm still not saying it isn't a lot of it isn't no, true no but also yeah. it's like i haven't got eight hours ten hours a day where i can well what that i'm prepared to sacrifice for that to, 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 to pursue it to the nth degree and probably still then find out that I can't get all the real answers to it but, or anyway. But, it, but even if you do, yeah. what can you do about it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very little. Like, you know, well, we're, yeah. we're, seeing, we're seeing like huge comedians, mm. you know, uh, English comedians yeah. question stuff and get to the point a few years ago where they were having massive influence on the political system yeah. And, and and they they were having more people listen to him mm. than the government were to the point where they're throwing him on question time and trying to ridicule him and bring him down yeah. because he had influence mm. and what his fundamental thing was question things yeah and and mm. I do think that uh yeah I, I i i i think you can only question it and you can only try and live your life the way that you can like and, and, and be mm. you know and be a good person but if you get influence and you you start to you know we know that you're going to get shut down yeah. you're going to mm. you know it's not going to happen you're yeah. not going to beat it mm. you know yeah. you, you look how fast the internet moves and and how there's there's some amazing theories on some you know on, on every important issue in the world and and you know some of these people have had like millions and millions of views Millions and millions of people agreeing with them, but unfortunately, in my mm. mind, I think the the rich people at the top of the tree mm. are going to win every time. And it, and you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It, it, it is, man. It I, is. I think that mm. you. Oh God, uh, this this is a podcast all in its own. So we have to. 
but, but you couldn't it's like, his fault he mentioned Zeitgeist yeah. <laughs> you couldn't and it's so weird because I don't really want to talk too much about it because I do think it's worth a watch for people I do think like well I would say I would ju- I would say Chris like going back to it and watching it the other night I think if jo- Peter Joseph like you like oh, everybody has moved on um, matured got more elements of source yeah. and it would be made differently now because it does feel like a dot to dot of like that fits that that fits that but like you said Stu if you can come away from that and go, actually, you're not hanging your coat on it, but you go, oh, that, I'm going to look at things with a wider perspective now. Mm, definitely. That's what, that's what yeah, I got but through, but I had to turn it off the other night. And, I mean, you can't be, we can't be nihilistic in the fact of that you can't do nothing. I, I think mm. on a political mm. landscape, and it's, this is a cliche, but you don't get the, what is it, the politicians you, um, you need. You get the ones you deserve. And, 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 and yeah. if we have a poor lack of world global and just even our own country's runnings then you uh, you can't actually end up pulling into power people who are actually going to serve you genuinely and i think the better mm. um, the, the better informed the general public is and also armed with the idea that they know that you've got to be able to question those challenges and know where the sources come from then we will get slowly, degree by degree, uh, a closer to a more transparent, political and less abused landscape. But that doesn't happen overnight unless you do things like what Russell Brown would talk about, which is, is revolution, which is like it's a, a massive upheaval. But you won't get revolution, I don't think, these days because there's too much um, antipathy because people, people are too comfortable. Like Even though the mm. government abuses us, actual standard li- living are quite good these days, despite mm. there being these food mm. banks and that. The general person's standard of living in the UK is normally quite decent, so there's not going to be that sort of revolution. They've learnt political pa- powers and beings and the, 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 the elite, they have learnt from the revolutions. They won't push mm. you too hard that you think, oh, fuck me, I've got, I've got a roof over my head, I'm not eating. They don't let's do see, that. Let, let's see where we are in six weeks, Chris. We'll be eating Boris Johnson's guts or something like that. When, I, when, I, when well, I'm throwing a shopping oh. trolley through a glass window of a shop <laughs> and like running, running down my road with a TV. <laughs> also, I do, I do think it's important to say as well, you know, not necessarily yeah, in defence of government, yeah. but I think there's just... Everything's so yes. complex. Everything's so intertwined with itself yes. I think there's, more, there's enough incompetence and just kind of capitalisation yeah. on gaps and things that's not a conspiracy no, as no. such yes. do you know what I mean I think we all we are like you said it about the politicians you know you get the ones you deserve not the ones you want but everything that we do as a hive kind of collective is a result of our energy all sort of moving and with some acquiesce together Definitely. you know um, I think probably like you talk about revolution and, you know, I think when you say revolution, people get the fucking mob in the street kind of visual in the mind, yeah. don't they? I think the revolution is more internal. I think it's things like, for me, which is another, coming back to why about podcasts earlier, for me, when I did get onto podcasts early, what I started to realise was my education was fucking going through the yeah. roof. I've learned more listening to podcasts then my formal education ever taught me, you know, outside of reading yes. right and writing. You You're know, not talking like, about how holistic here, are you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> fuck off. There's moments. There's moments. Knowing how many wanks I've had in my life, Sam, has not helped you in any way. Well, recalculating, I thought, gave you a real sense of humility. You know, that was good that you went back to it. But, um, no, I think definitely learning from podcasts. And what, what I started to, my own internal dialogue started to be like, oh, right. 
my revolution, my internal revolution, and my first guest, Matt Frost, who's is my coach at, at Function First Martial Arts Club, his that our, our gym's whole kind of tagline is like the revolution is internal, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and as on the mats, as off the mats, and like he it got me thinking like, oh, if I Basically, you're a soup. You know, your brain, your consciousness, your mind's a soup. And if you want to put it in modern terms, it's a fucking laptop mm. or whatever. It's got a USB in it. And whatever you tune into is what's going into here and sitting in there, downloaded. And then when you come to make your decisions or process things, you're drawing on this information. And if you replace, you know, GMTV and, you know, the Daily Mail and the fucking News at 10 with kind of independent, less agenda-driven yeah. kind of which I think see, the internet's given us, you know, you all of a sudden you can start to look at things in different shades or everywhere. But we're at a point now where it's that abundant where you're like, fucking, I don't know where to look and what to believe and what I to... I definitely feel strangely. It's softened my opinions on so many... Like, like you, a bit like what you were saying about, you know, it's not just the, the, the government being this overriding, sinister arch nemesis. I don't think that anymore. And, and mm, actually mm. going to various different media sources and news sources has softened my opinion... On, like, I'm not one. I'm I'm so less one way or the other with like my overall outlook now because I think I've got a wider perspective on things. Like I've, I think I've, yeah, I I feel like I've I've I eat pop propaganda. We all do, but from so many sources mm. now, it helps balance out my opinion a little bit. Yeah, and it makes me less mm. angry and condemning of of everyone because in, at the end of the day, we're all humans, and <laughs> you know we're all prone to mm. doing what we're gonna do. It's uh, yeah, it's mm. interesting. The other thing about Zeitgeist that I find quite funny is that well, the, the religious thing, I, I, like when it talks about the story of Christianity and repeating itself, God, and repeating like, itself. So I haven't yeah. come back to that since, but I know I've twisted up a few uh, religious people's heads with that. Like when they've <laughs> knocked on the door and being a club promoter, and I, you know, at the time, you know, I'd work from home or whatever, they'd knock on the door and they'd be like, "You got a chance? To t- you got time to talk?" And I'd be like. My question for you, <laughs> which is not something you they probably the... want to hear, my question to you is, have you got a chance to listen? <laughs> have you got time to listen? And they're like, yeah, of course yeah. we have. And a, a lot of the time you can watch them immediately shutting me down. And I remember mm. one lad, I, I really think I fucking jumbled that poor kid's head up on what he actually thought was the case. And I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing. I, you know, I'm sorry if that, that brought more misery to his life. But I remember sort of like saying, well, what's your understanding of Egyptology and, and people like Horace and stuff like that? And he was like, come again. And I was like, well, do you think this is the, the, the first time? Do you think this is all an original thing? And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, what about all this? And he was like... I said, did they, has anyone told you about that before you made a decision to say, oh, obviously what you've been told is true? And he was like, no. And I said, so before making that decision, shouldn't you be presented with everything? Isn't that a fair thing? And I remember really jumbling that lad's head up. Like he walks away from my doorstep and I was like, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what I did come away from Zeitgeist thinking, the, you know, a lot was all those stories were essentially they come from the astrology of it all the yeah. sun the sun rises and you know and that is pretty concrete you know in terms of whether it's been lifted directly or not that is what's happening yeah. that is what's happening those stars and those movements and that, all of that is that's happening and that is like you say egypt sumerians mayans it's all there that is all there the story repeating yeah. itself and repeating itself is is bizarre you know it's it's a it's a like I say, at the time of watching, it was a fucking 
showstopper. Revisiting is a bit more like, oh yeah, you'd do this different now, but um, no, definitely worth having an under your cap, I think. Wonderful. Nice. nice. Well, we're at the 45 minute mark, so I think we'll take a break uh, and and we'll come back for part two. Uh, does that make sense to you, Mr. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm more than happy with that. Sam, you cool with that? Doing a two-parter? Yeah, cool. All Wonderful. right, cool. Oh, yeah, All right. Well, before we um, finish part one, I should also say um, what we didn't do at the beginning of the episode was do a nice shout-out to our sponsors, uh, who is uh, Bang Boom Creative, uh, who's been putting together all the nice videos uh, that you've been seeing of me and Chris doing stupid things and a quiz and, and whatnot. Uh, and our other sponsor, Christopher Glasson. Love beer and Charles. Uh, looking forward to uh, a little beer delivery very I soon. I mean, uh, it's, it's, well, my estimated time of delivery is 20 minutes' time. Oh, uh, right, So uh, he will be delivering the beer to, uh, to the front of my house and yours as well. Lovely jubbly. Nice, so, nice work, boys. Um, all right, we'll we'll um we'll be back. Uh, well, we'll be back now. So you just got to go over and click uh, part two now. Oh yeah, sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, Scan the little code and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online. Because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com it's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.